when you're buying everything through a media agency, however good they are, they're just not built to give you transparency. Welcome to Pharmasource. In today's episode, I speak to Shamin Nalani Fade, Global Procurement Lead for Online Media, Creative and Data for Bayer. We discuss what it takes for procurement to make an impact on marketing in such a regulated industry. And in particular, a big project that they've been working on with Google to bring their ad technology stack in-house, with the aim of helping Bayer to get close to their customers and to be less reliant on agencies. Shamin, welcome. This is the first time we've had someone with a background like yours in marketing on the podcast, so I'm quite keen to hear all about it. Excellent. Well, I'm keen to talk about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an area that's not very common. Uh, it's quite rare to have a skill set in this domain, uh, simply mm. because um, programmatic and uh, search are not new concepts, but they have been around for a while, but it's taken time for procurement to skill up. Um, indeed, it's taken marketeers time to skill up. Mm. So, um, so procurement has followed in those footsteps. It's really complicated. When you look at the, the programmatic <laughs> landscape, all the different ad tech providers, I mean, where do you even start with that? I mean, there's so many suppliers and microtransactions going on. Where do you begin? Right. So it's about understanding uh, the marketing landscape when it comes to online platforms, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, they can be divided up into into groups. Um, so you have um, you have your demand side platform. So think of think of economics, and you think of your demand mm. side and your supply side. It's the same with um, the ecosystem. So you have all those all of those supplies on the demand side, and all of those supplies on the supply side. Mm-hmm. And some of them do both, like Google, right? So they own YouTube, so they're on the supply side. And um, and then you have your um, technology that supports the brand safety. Um, so Ford, there's Ford uh, out there on the internet. And so you have this this bucket called um, ad verification and, and um, um, brand safety, which looks mm. after your ads. And, um, and in between the demand and the supply side, you have um, an, what, essentially what is everything that's there to help serve that ad. So your ad servers and, and so on, mm-hmm. so your ad tech. Um, but... In principle, all you need to know is demand and supply. And they would sit very firmly on the demand side. Absolutely, yes. We're on the demand side because we're an advertiser. Mm-hmm. So if you're an advertiser, um, you will sit on the demand side. Now, not all advertisers directly contract with tech platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's a decision that a company can't really take lightly. It requires a great deal of upskilling of the organization and um, and know-how. Hmm. And when I talk about the organization, I don't just talk about marketing. I'm talking about procurement, uh, the support functions, uh, all the way through to accounts payable, IT, um, your media agency. Um, hmm. And you, you might think, well, surely your media agency knows about the tech stats and, and, and what it involves. Well, no, not, not everyone, not in country and not at the, at the, at the, uh, at the ground level. And so when Bayer decided to in-house the tech stack, uh, which means directly contract with um, companies like Google and Mm -hmm. brand safety and other DSPs, went on a journey of modernized marketing, so a a digital Mm -hmm. journey. And so what that's involved is 
introducing an online company to an offline company. Okay. <laughs> Was it a big decision deciding to in-house your tech stack? Yes, it was. Um, it required a great deal of due diligence. And um, it's essentially taking a portion of the work away from the media agency and mm-hmm. directly contracting. It's, it's not easy to do. You, you, you need to be prepared for um, some of the common pitfalls. And we've, we've been on this journey. So that's, those are quite obvious to us today, but they weren't very obvious, obvious to us mm. some time ago. And so if you're not aware of the pitfalls, it can be quite um, an, up, an uphill struggle. When you're working with a, an offline organization uh, when, and, and you're incorporating an online, very much a digital uh, entity, you, you, your systems and processes need to speak to one another. And I think where um, a lot of companies might think, oh, yes, we can directly contract with uh, any platform really easy mm. no it's not you you really it's the systems and processes of one speaking to the other and i'll give you an example a very procurement example when you're buying uh, services on the platforms of google google doesn't accept a po a po needs to go into the platform so if you think of programmatic and you're buying um google's db360 if you think about anything else typically it'll be an assistant of, of marketing that will raise a, a purchase request and there'll be a purchase order raised and so on now you're talking about digital managers digital managers mm. you then have to go into the platform and insert the po but not anywhere there are certain options of where to place that po and if you place that po in the wrong place the, when you get the invoice it's not going to get paid and if it doesn't get paid you get suspended your account gets suspended your ads are offline so it's an intricate web so this po gets created um by by the by by Bayer. it goes to um the media agency the media agency puts that into the platform and if you think about the, the the journey that that po number goes through there's a number of places where it could fall down so just something as simple as that could cause havoc so I guess what you're talking about, Charmaine, is I suppose is a hundred year old company, hundred sixty year old, <laughs> hundred sixty years, trying to interface, trying to partner with a new breed tech company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what other challenges have you encountered on that journey? When you're onboarding a tech stack, it involves IT, it involves the media agency, it involves the stakeholder or the the, the, the digital managers, it involves the tech platform themselves and procurement. And everybody in that cross-functional team needs to understand the technical language of what we're trying to do. Now, if you, if you don't, you could make one small mistake and that will have repercussions across, across the value chain. And mm. so one of the challenges has been right at the start, knowing what I know today, right at the start, had I had known, platforms would have been set up differently. I'll give you an example. When you place a PO in uh, DV360, you need to go to the insertion order level, not the advertiser level or the campaign level, right? You won't know necessarily know what I'm talking about. And I've never seen that. I've never seen that in a, mm. in a platform. But I know that right at the beginning, those instructions need to be very clearly laid out to your media agency and to your, to your brand team. 
Mm. I've tried in the past using tools like Google AdWords, Google DFP, but I, I just find it just because of that sort of taxonomy, so horribly complicated. I've always preferred just to give it to an agency. <laughs> sort this out right, for us. Right. What are the benefits then of, of bringing that complexity in-house? There must be some tangible benefits. Oh, yes, absolutely. Think about the, uh, the holy grail of procurement, and that is cost transparency. And um, mm. when you're buying everything through a media agency, however good they are, they're just not built to give you transparency. If you think about um, a media agency, they've got a number of different clients that they're doing work for and um, paying invoices for. And they're not in a paying invoices company, they're a media agency. And so they're, they're, mm-hmm. their strong point isn't necessarily divvying up um, the complex uh, tech uh, invoices to, to the right um Right to to, to 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 the correct customer, and so, um, the, and I shouldn't be saying this, but you probably have quite a, a broad brush general. This is what this supplier should pay. This, this customer should pay. This is what this customer should pay. But when you when you in house for the first time, you have complete cost transparency, but you've got nothing mm. to compare it to, and so you need to build up. Uh, your your historic data as a procurement person to be able to understand if you ever change DFP or um, a, a, um, a brand safety supplier, you you then have a benchmark of your your previous price paid. Um, when you're and so that's a, a challenge. That's that's also a challenge because as markets move on to the tech stack, they're constantly trying to, to see how much cheaper they are, and you can't because you don't have mm. the, the, the previous cost. And so one of the benefits is cost transparency. Another benefit would be campaign optimization transparency. Mm-hmm. And so when you are working with an agency and the agency holds that seat, they won't necessarily give you access to see what, what decisions are being made on your campaign. If you mm-hmm. own that seat as an organization and you give access to your media agency, they can make decisions on your campaign and you can see them. You might not be able to do anything mm-hmm. about it by uh, going in and correcting a decision, but you have the historic data, you can see what's going on and you can ask questions. If you're thinking of changing media agency and you're having a global agency review, you just switch the previous agency off and you switch the new agency on. It's as simple as that. When you think about data, you own the data, not the media agency. And so all your campaign data belongs to you because you mm. own that seat with and that direct relationship with the with, with, with the text platform. If you're going through a media agency, you don't necessarily own that data. And if you do get that data, it might not be in the format that you want it in. Is there more risk involved with that then? So if you're owning the data, presumably you're taking on the risk of the different marketing regulations in, in, in different countries. Have the teams had to become trained and upskilled in, in that sort of area? Yes, uh, I would say so. Yes. Um, although data is a separate piece, so you've got the, the tech platforms, um, you've got the media cost. Um, if you think of, of, of what you're buying and you've got the media agency fee of, of actually uploading the campaign onto the tech platforms, And then you have your data mm-hmm. cost and your data cost is your, your second third party data that you're buying in. Um, and as organizations ramp up uh, their, their 
skill and um, abilities in um, first party data and harnessing first party data um, to, to gain actionable insights, then you, you, you're going to find that there's some upskilling needed in order to be able to do that. Mm. So when, when you're thinking about the tech stack and you're thinking about, let's say, Google, who has about a billion users per platform, you're, you have access to that data. And so you have access to that data and, and it's Google's data that you're accessing. So in terms of customers that go on to, um, on, on to search and so on. As you become more and more digitally savvy as an organization, you don't need um, a suite of services owned by, for example, Google or, or, or one, one ecosystem. And you start buying a DSP here and, and um, ad, ad serving here and you, know, different, you, you mix and match. What you'll find is the marketeers will need to answer GDPR questions and procurement will need to support in that. And so you need to start thinking about mapping the journey that a cookie goes through, right? And being completely um, familiar with GDPR legislation because this is an integral part of, of, a, of a digital journey. How have you found Google as a strategic partner? I mean, have, have they given you a lot of support in this? I, I would say yes. At the beginning, um, it was a struggle, uh, I think probably because we as an organization needed to upskill. But I think as we've grown uh, together uh, as, as organizations, we've forged a strategic alliance and, um, and a very fruitful strategic alliance, I would say. Um, we hold Google uh, uh, dear as a, as a very strategic partner. Um, mm. And we have joint business plans where we align on, on, on corporate goals. At my level as a procurement person, as a procurement uh, professional, as we've grown and, and onboarded more markets onto the tech stack, I think what I'm finding is that because procurement people understand the tech world is so rare, that they, they, they're they very open to receiving you as a procurement person if you know what you're talking about. Mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's been a journey for me, right? It's been a three-year journey for me. If you, if you go in and you don't know what a DSP is, um, and you don't want DV360 as you're speaking to Google, they're, they're going to be less patient. But if you do know what you're talking about, and if you do know the challenges that they're potentially going to be face, facing with their invoices not being paid and accounts being suspended, and you can talk about that up front, you're going to have a different kind of relationship at a procurement mm. level. And I imagine just, just because of the pure scale mm. of, of a company like Google, does that mean it's a different type of strategic partner to the one that Bayer probably is 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 used to where I, I imagine typically you would be a big chunk of that supplier's revenue and they would maybe have a different level of account management. I mean, how, how have you found that? Yeah, I guess um, there are a handful of global clients that um, Google considers um, strategic alliances. And um, mm. I'd like to think that we're one of them. Um, there are many FMCG companies out there that probably spend a, a lot more than we do. But it's um, when you, when you're talking about the direction and the goals of a of an organisation and aligning them with a strategic partner, um, then it, it's 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 a different kind of uh, commercial relationship. It's not all about the traditional procurement um, parameters. Uh, it, it's it's much more um, understanding how you can both grow together and uh, mm-hmm. and and and, and top line focus. Right. And traditionally procurement's been bottom line focused. Mm-hmm. Um and in terms of um relationships, how 
could you explain how it how it works between you and the marketing team because presumably the the you and your stakeholders the the cmo that you work with um you must be closely aligned to to get through this journey together i mean how how's that been please oh absolutely it's it's been um it's been great the 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 team um have have embraced procurement um we work hand in hand uh, in discussing so it's 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 uh, demand forecasting it's um yeah. strategic sourcing it's understanding uh, the cross divisional landscape uh, i i work primarily with one division but um but i have a a, a cross divisional uh, scope and so um it, mm-hmm. it, i i bring in the, the 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 learnings and the opportunities from the other divisions um and i share uh, what what the one division that I work for um, can offer because they're much more advanced when it comes to digital marketing, what they can offer to the, these other two divisions, crop science and pharma. And so um, mm-hmm. we, we have a, a very close relationship where um, we, we discuss strategic goals and how we're going to, how are they going to translate into the, to the JVP with, that we have for strategic partners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for others who would like to, go on this this type of journey so i guess if, if we in in two buckets so one is working with marketing on on a forward-looking strategy and how, how procurement can support that and also how to work with a tech giant i mean any which is you know two 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 big parts of of the job i i presume yeah what advice could you give so someone embarking on this journey uh, and working with stakeholders is um understand your business strategy what is your medium to long term strategy in terms of your digital journey, your your modernizing marketing uh, road, right? And um, mm. and understand where the, where your organization wants to play. They might not want to in house a tech stack. They might want direct relationships with social media platforms or uh, with mm. gaming platforms. Understand where they want to go and and get in early into those discussions. Because it takes time to 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 build a rapport with um, a social media company, and so these these relationships um, and con- contacts potentially take um, months to, to put in place. When it comes to dealing with a tech platform, do your homework. Right, don't go in there and not know what they're talking about. Do your homework about the. When it comes to um, dealing with strategic partners or potentially strategic partners help them help them to understand your organization and if you're a hundred year old company then understand your organization and make it easy for that tech company to work with you if Mm. you put yourself in the shoes of a tech organization it's a different mindset and the processes and procedures are just not the same and so when they're entering the world of big pharma or fmcg Remember, we're dealing with people, right? People on the ground, mm-hmm. and that they resemble the, the 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 Googles of this world and the and the and the Metas of this world. They're, they're the people, and if they find it difficult to work with you because of your processes and procedures, because of you as a procurement person um, and your inability to relate to them, they're going to look somewhere else. And um, long gone are the days where procurement uh, are saying, well, we're going to do a pitch. 
because you can't really pitch with a Meta or, or a Google. It's a different kind of relationship and understand the power dynamic, understand the relationship uh, that you could potentially have, foster those alliances. People are, um, people are individuals, uh, complex individuals who, who, who require respect. And, um, mm. and going in as a traditional procurement person, person saying, um, I demand is, is not going to work. Where do you go next over the next one to two years? What's in the plans? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that you can share. <laughs> well, um, onboarding more tech stack markets, right? So we've, we've onboarded mm. our top markets and as more and more markets become more digitally aware and, um, more spend shift from the offline traditional linear TV to, to the digital landscape, uh, more and more, pla- more and more countries will, will want to join the tech stack. As more and more countries come onto the tech stack, from a pure procurement perspective, you're going to be looking at uh, the more the, the top markets who have been on the tech stack for some while, maturing and wanting relationships with additional suppliers. So, moving away from the cozy everything in one ecosystem like Google, um, possibly moving to other incorporating other potential solutions maybe gaming or or social media platforms and um you might find that uh, relationships that were typically with your media agency through your media agency you start having direct relationships with as spend shifts away from linear tv um mm. and i mm. think it's good to prepare for for that um to, to eventually happen in the internet of things right everything is moving to towards the digital landscape um, and that will be procurement of the future and this type of partnership, as as you roll it out, is there a demonstrable cost saving there or, or efficiency in the business case? Yes, there is. So your your cost saving will be in potentially financial and non-financial benefits. Um, in your more operational uh, kind of categories like ad serving and um, brand safety it will be your previous price paid versus today's price paid. Um, but in the strategic alliances, it will be much more how can you um, further business goals through financial and non-financial benefits. And gearing your organization, steering your organization and your finance teams to think about procurement uh, of the future as um, looking at top line as well as bottom line, understanding that mm-hmm. if you're getting non-financial benefits, how do you quantify those? And how do you quantify them as having a, a, a financial business impact and that's measurable because procurement will have an, have an impact in that area? In your career, you worked at Bayer, at Merck before that, yes. and then at yes, PepsiCo. and also in um, Mondelez. And <laughs> yes, so a real, a real mix yes, of industries. Yes. Um, what is it about life sciences would you say which which makes it an interesting industry to be in for me personally i would say science for a better life um our vision and purpose uh, at bayer versus i don't know selling junk food you know health for all hunger for none makes you get out of bed when you're saving Mm. lives saving sight diabetes, heart disease, you know, when you're, when you're making a difference in people's lives, um, that's what makes a huge difference. It doesn't take long, does it, talking to people in pharma before it comes back to that, mm. we're actually making a real difference here? 
Do you feel that in, in your role? I mean, can you trace what's happening in procurement to investing in those sorts of life-saving treatments? Absolutely. So where we um, look at financial, non-financial benefits and some of the things that we, we look at is media for good and um, mm. and incorporating our our goals of reaching 100 million underserved communities and and um, women and um, all under the auspices of, of, of health for all and hunger for none, um, incorporated into to media for good and diversity, equity and inclusion and sustainability um, is, is part of our joint business plan. Yeah, it's very much part mm. of our joint business plan. So I can directly feel the connection with, with our, our vision and, uh, and purpose. Absolutely. That's great. Shamin, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful thank speaking you. to you. Thank you. And to you too. And it's been an absolute pleasure being on this programme. A big thank you to Shamin for taking us through that. For more insights into sourcing and partnering in the pharma industry, head to pharmasource.global, where you can sign up as a member. Thank you for listening.